Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today we've got a lot of crazy stories, and our first story is from Evangeline Rain about that name you plan to use. My ex left me unexpectedly after three years together for a girl he'd become at least emotionally involved with behind my back. I know she knew about me because he'd introduced me to her at an event just a few weeks before the breakup. And I was in his Facebook profile picture, as well as recent photos on Instagram. He didn't mention anything about her to me when he dumped me. I only found out thanks to pictures she posted on her public Instagram, where she has thousands of followers, with him or tagging him, both before our breakup and in the days that followed. It suddenly explained a lot of his strange behavior in the few months before our breakup. She proceeded to make many public posts with him and about him in the weeks following the breakup that were very insensitive, but I stayed quiet, to her at least. I've since learned she got pregnant very shortly after we broke up, before he had finished moving out. She's due about 9 months after the date we broke up. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here and accepting the stated due date is true. Fast forward a few months and she posted a picture of them from their baby shower, mentioning the name they plan to use on her public Instagram with open comments. A name that is very personal to me. So I decided I was done being quiet, and made a comment referencing that the name they chose was one my ex and I were considering if we had a daughter, and that it was my great-grandmother's name and a variation of my mother's name. It will ring true to her because I know my ex was insistent on using a name that started with this particular letter, and she's easily able to verify my mother's name, and it is true. At least to the extent, I was certainly considering the name once he had eliminated all names, starting with the other 25 letters of the alphabet. My ex emailed me in anger when she told him about my comment. Thought I'd blocked him, but oops. And he just referenced that I mentioned thousands of names to him. I hope he went with that explanation to her. I just wanted to taint it a little for the both of them. For what it's worth, for a couple of reasons, I knew it was unlikely when I made the comment that anyone else would see it. I wanted to taint the name, but not publicly embarrass her, or more importantly, myself. Do you guys agree when I say it's totally fair game for OP to try to taint it a little bit, considering it was a name that OP and their ex were kind of kicking around and did have a lot of actual sentimental value specifically to OP's side of things? Does that make it okay to kind of dunk on the baby name and them for using that name? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Hokey Pokey Guest List, Bucket Woman v Robo Sprinkler. The Bucket Woman was actually the Sprinkler's second victim. The first was Max, short for Gluteus Maximus, the neighbor's cat who had his morning pee on my rosemary plant. Max strolled across the sensor and Robo Sprinkler 2 activated. He got the shock of his life when that morning the garden peed back. He ran back to his own yard like he'd been fired out of a cat cannon. Robo Sprinkler 1 fired on the Bucket Woman on Tuesday afternoon. 
Martin was work from home but at the back of the house and only knew something happened when the fluffy couch potato cat let out an unearthly howl and tried to hide between Martin and the chair he was sitting on. He got to the front room just in time to see the bucket woman disappearing behind the fence. So he went to check the security footage. I got a text asking if I wanted the good news or the bad news first. I was having a crap day, so I opted for the good news. I got two words back. Got her. Then I asked for the bad news and he texted, Sorry about your rosemary. Oh. I only have two plants in the front garden that I really care about, and that rosemary is one of them. It's flowered nearly all winter and I like watching the bees. When I got home, there was a group of people outside our house. I started to worry, thinking something terrible had happened, but I realized they were sprinkler devotees, and in the middle was my partner, performing the dance of his people. The account had been pieced together from looking at track marks and observing the triumphant dance of the sprinkler people. It seems that Bucket Woman entered through the gate and headed towards the bedroom window, crossing Robo Sprinkler 1's sensor. Robo Sprinkler 1 fired on the intruder and scored a direct hit before starting on its arc. The Bucket Woman was startled and ran back towards the gate, but Robo Sprinkler had started its return and hit her a second time. She was startled again, denoted by some high leaps and exaggerating shrieking in the dance, changed direction, ran past the gate, and body slammed my poor defenseless plant before finding the gate and running back next door. The triumphant dance makes no mention of bees, but I picture a bunch of worker bees turning up to work at the rosemary plant the following day and going, bloody heck, what happened here? The interesting thing is that the robo-sprinklers seem to have had a deterrent effect. This happened on Tuesday, today's Monday, and she hasn't visited since. We see her on the cameras pacing up and down out the front, but she's staying out of our garden and away from the windows. Martin came down with man flu on Wednesday, and a close family friend died on Thursday, so this has been a welcome respite. Nor have we been visited by authorities following up allegations I'm keeping unlicensed bees, or that my fluffy couch potato is really the hound of the Baskervilles. It's as if a couple of squirts of cold water have shocked some reality into her. Although, to be fair, I don't know how long it takes the Department of Agriculture to follow up reports of unlicensed apiary, and I'm not even sure which agency regulates hounds of the Baskervilles. That may still be to come. All I can say is, if you have a neighbor that cannot respect your property, and you're not necessarily willing to call the cops every time, or the cops are reluctant to ever like charge them with anything, then I say, hey, bring on the sprinklers. Whatever you gotta do to keep this person to stop trespassing and harassing you, if the cops aren't gonna help, then maybe you gotta do a little Kevin McAllister action. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Zero Penguin Party, The Tale of the Food Trucks. Sarah, not her real name, had her hands in many different money-making activities over the years. She did freelance work in the entertainment and media industry. She wrote a couple of books, was in a band, did some photography, was a guest teacher at a TAFE. US equivalent would be a community college was a netball coach, and even sold Tupperware, but for the purposes of this story we'll be concentrating on our food truck. In Australia, whenever there's a big community event happening, like market stalls or a fair, you'll inevitably see a variety of food trucks present. 
to provide the food and beverages that attendees would need. Sometimes you'll have events that are literally just food trucks. And you can have all sorts of different foods on the food trucks. Pizza, Thai, Chinese, hamburgers, American, German, Suvlaki, Turkish, you name it, it's been on a food truck. Sarah's food truck specialized in American-style ribs. With American soft drinks for sale, like Dr. Pepper, A&W, etc. One year, Sarah decided to set up her food truck at a once-a-year community market. After paying the side fee, Sarah was given her position. She got there nice and early on the day of the community market, parked the trailer in place, and then went to put her car in the car park. By the time she walked back, someone had attached their car to her trailer and was moving it into another location, less desirable than where she was. Sarah complained, but this person, we'll call him Harry, said, tough luck. If Sarah had gone to get her car and drive back, Harry would have had his trailer in place, so it wouldn't have been worth it. Instead, Sarah rang one of the organizers of the community market. The organizer of the community market came to Sarah's trailer, and together they looked at the map of the location and saw that Harry had pushed Sarah's trailer into the position he should have been in. The organizer and Sarah went to Harry's trailer and spoke to Harry, who refused to move, saying that he paid for this spot and always has this spot. In previous years, Harry was in that spot, There wasn't much else that that organizer could do, so Sarah went back to her trailer and started preparing her ribs. The following year, Sarah was extra prepared. She had been allocated the same spot again. She had a friend drive to the community market with her, even earlier than before, to stop anyone from trying to move her trailer. However, this time Harry was already there and had his trailer already set up. So Sarah complained to the organizer again, and once again, Harry refused to move. Harry later laughed at Sarah and said something along the lines of, Don't mess with me, girly. I'm untouchable here, and I'll always beat you no matter what you try. Harry had a bit of an accent, but that's what Sarah thinks she heard, or something similar. It's now the third year, and Sarah gets there at 5am. No sign of Harry anywhere. She parks in her allocated spot, which is even better than the previous years. She sets up her trailer, starts preparing her ribs. No sign of Harry. Other people arriving, market stalls are being set up. No sign of Harry. The market opens and no sign of Harry. Until later in the afternoon where Harry comes up to Sarah's trailer and says, You witch, to her, and walks off. Sarah had a smile on her face as Harry disappeared into the distance. Now, what exactly happened? Every year you have to pay for your food truck to be certified for the production of food. And if you go across different council areas, you have to be certified in each council area. Inspections of your food truck can, and do happen, to make sure you're adhering to food handling and hygiene laws. And because most food trucks are on trailers, the food truck has to be registered as a roadworthy vehicle. After the second year, Sarah made an anonymous call to report a couple of minor food safety breaches that she had noticed in Harry's truck. And upon investigation, Harry had to upgrade the kitchen in his food truck to meet the necessary standards to get the certification. As a flow onto this, when the work was being done for the kitchen, rust was discovered in the frame of the trailer and thus would not be able to receive a new registration until this was remedied. How did Sarah find out about this? Harry complained to the organizer, who then told Sarah. 
If you're going to be a total jerk and do some low blows like Harry does here and steal from people, you should at least have respect for your opponent when they one-up you. They stoop to your level and they beat you at your own game. Of course, it took three years to get there, but still. Our next story is from Moose Poop Nugget. Rude and obstinate to my new employee? No liquor for you. So this happened a couple weeks ago. I work as a manager at a convenience store. We're the only hard liquor store for 15 miles. As most of you know, it's hard keeping employees lately. Anyway, my new employee, third day, was waiting on customers as fast as she could. Being new, she wasn't efficient as the older employees. In comes Mr. Butt Hat, grabs a couple bottles of liquor, a case of beer, and proceeds to witch at my new employee to get the lead out. What's the holdup? Dang, no one knows how to work around here. This one's not gonna make it here. Being loud and just causing this employee to get nervous. They're visibly getting upset with his comments. Here is where I jump in. I get on the other register and ask this guy to come see me. He dumps all his stuff in front of me and says, about freaking time. I scoop up all the liquor and say, I'm sorry, it seems to me that you're belligerent. I don't know if this is a normal trait or you're drunk, so no booze for you, good day sir. The line of people waiting erupted into laughter and he stormed out. Service workers work hard jobs. They deal with people who have better things to do. A little patience can make things go a lot smoother. Admittedly, sadly for service workers, I feel like running into people like this is inevitable and then working in a liquor store or a store that sells liquor, it's just going to be even more inevitable. But if somebody's going to come around and be a total jerk, regardless of if they seem dazed or slurred or whatever, I can get behind a liberal usage of that concerned service worker, no booze for you rule. Our next story is from Feminist Witch. Got fired for not complying with misogyny and it ended up in the store closing. I worked at a very popular cell phone chain store in the mid-2000s. I was in college and had only been working at this place for a few weeks after leaving a long-term job in an electronics store. So it's maybe my sixth or eighth shift at the store because I'm part-time. I'm the only female. The manager comes up to me in the middle of the shift and tells me I need to do the dishes in the back. There was a little kitchen area where we could eat lunch and dishes were piling up on the sink from people who weren't cleaning them when using them. I responded that they weren't my dishes. I didn't use dishes at work, and if I did, I would have cleaned them when I was done. The manager tells me, too bad. I have to do what he says. I need to go do the dishes. We proceed to get into a giant argument. I'm not your maid. I didn't get hired to clean up after lazy employees. I got hired to sell cell phones. After arguing for several minutes, I tell him to screw off. I'm not dealing with this crap. I walk out. The next night, I was scheduled and the manager ended up working by himself. That night, a riot happened at the mall. Stores were broken into and robbed. Because he was by himself, he couldn't get everything closed fast enough and the store ended up getting raided. He was fine, people weren't hurt. The store ended up closing a week later. I don't know if it would have closed anyway, but I like to think my screw you had a little part. My old job happily took me back and gave me a raise. I don't blame OP, that is really uncomfortable that out of all the people there, they would come up to you and expect and ask of you to go back and just clean the dishes? Nobody in that place should have any kind of dishwasher responsibility. It should totally be a, if you use dishes, clean up after yourself. This ain't a preschool. 
Our next story is from iHeart Tater Tots. Don't follow the laws on a lake? Enjoy being lost. Yesterday, while out on my boat with friends and family, a large rental pontoon from the marina full of uber chads and mega stacys were nearly wide open throttle going through a no-wake zone next to our marina with multiple docks. I yelled at them to slow down, but all they did was pull up closer and ask, Where is Party Cove? Guide the way! In a split decision, I gave them a quick hand gesture direction and told them it would take about 25 minutes worth of driving south in the complete opposite direction of actual Party Cove, which is about 20 minutes north. I hate uninformed, unsafe boat renters. Imagine you buy nice, quiet, lakefront property, and a bunch of jockey kids looking like a knockoff Scooby-Doo gang come whirring down the marina. Where's Party Cove? Guide the way. I can just imagine there's Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Plenty of times where you want to just like chill out and enjoy the lake. And you just keep having people buzzing by left and right, going for the party. Not gonna lie though, I'm kind of afraid that I'm just sounding old. Our next story is from Dring157. Popular girl in high school got mad at me for telling her that she's left her car's headlights on. In my senior year of high school, I would generally arrive to school 20 to 30 minutes early and park in the same spot. My friend would park next to me and we would chat before we had to go to class. A very pretty popular girl often parked close to us. I'll call her Becky. Though we had plenty of friends, we never interacted with Becky, which was fine. The school had 2,000 plus students, and she was part of a different crowd. One day, Becky parked next to me and hurried off to class. After a minute, I noticed that her car's headlights were still on. I mentioned it to my friend, and after some discussion, I said that I was going to go find and tell Becky about her headlights. My friend joked that I better not or my girlfriend might get jealous. I walked into the school and saw Becky across the quad, sitting next to her friends and reading a textbook. I approached and tried to get her attention, but she seemed determined to ignore me. Finally, I said, Hi Becky, I need... Becky cut me off. I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone, creep. At this point, all her friends had stopped talking and were staring at me. I felt uncomfortable, but I took a breath and said... Sorry, I just noticed that you left your car headlights on, and I thought that you should know. She scoffed at me. What, are you stalking me? I said no and quickly walked away. Over the next week, I told everyone that parked near us what had happened, and everyone agreed that Becky had been ridiculous. About a month later, Becky left her lights on again. Instead of telling her, I went around to everyone else hanging out in their cars and convinced them that telling her wasn't worth the trouble. 
That afternoon, after school ended, Becky was going from car to car asking if anyone had jumper cables to help her start her dead car. Though most of my friends kept jumper cables, we all politely declined to help her. I think this just goes to show you the high school mindset, where your popularity is everything and somebody who isn't on your level should never even try to interact with you. A weird popularity class system. And I guess if you dare try to talk to somebody like Becky and you're not in with that crowd, you must be some mouth-breathing, ogling, stalking creep. I think what annoys me is I'm sure this probably made OP feel off-put as far as ever trying to talk to anybody even remotely in that crowd beyond that point. If that's how they might all act. This next story is from Cohen DW. I wasn't cold at night, but he was... So I'm in military college, and I was on base and I shared a room with someone. This guy was rude, disrespectful, and lazy, as in constantly making rude comments towards me, going out smoking when there wasn't time for that, so I was doing the actual work and cleaning, and overall just being a jerk. So one night, the night before we go out into the field and sleep outside in the forest as well, I was checking my gear, making sure everything's working properly and nothing's broken. He was obviously smoking as usual, instead of making himself useful and prepping for the next day. I noticed that the zipper of my outer shell of my sleeping kit, the thing you put your sleeping bag in which keeps you warmer and dry, was broken. So instead of asking for a replacement, I just switched mine with his. Turned out he also had to get out for guard duty at 4 in the morning while we slept there. So all the heat left his shelter nice and quickly. So yeah, he was very cold and I was nice and warm. When you're in situations like this, I think it's fair to have the mindset of you earn your keep, right? So this guy's slacking off, letting everybody else do all the work. Not only did it leave him open to revenge like this, but dare I say, it's probably exactly what they deserved. This next story is from the Nasset. Can't be bothered to put the garbage in a can in winter? can't get out of your door without tripping over your garbage. I once lived in an upstairs, downstairs duplex on the second floor. My downstairs neighbor couldn't manage to get their garbage in the can in winter, even though I moved the outside cans up near the doors and kept the access to them clear. They left garbage bags, including paper ones, sitting in the snow. Kitchen waste, bathroom waste from a young female, you get the picture. The first spring, I cleaned up the resulting mess once the snow melted, and asked them not to do that for the umpteenth time. Bad response. Surprising no one, they did the same the next winter, moving their bags back outside their kitchen door every time they did it, and their front door. Couldn't get out without tripping over their own garbage bags. They thought that was a terrible, unneighborly thing to do, but they did eventually manage to find the garbage cans and use them, even in winter. Amazing. Listen, if you can get any kind of dumper to regularly use a trash can, you have done an amazing service in my mind. The quickest way to just make any place look, well, trashy, is going to be allowing trash to pile up. And honestly, I can't imagine the stench when spring rolls around, the snow melts, the cold air that's taking a lot of the stench away dissipates, and you just got this rotten, thawed-out, months-old trash all over the place. Our next story is from Laugh or Cry, Live or Die. Embarrassingly cheap boss tries to rip off a customer, gets blocked by me, the underpaid employee. I'm educated and experienced, but have a disease that limits my ability to work long hours. 
so I picked up a part-time job at a luxury store near my house. We deal in higher-priced items, $20,000 to $3,000, and occasionally buy or consign items. It's important to note that I used to have my own business in this field, so I knew a bit about the industry. Now, when I was hired, I accepted appallingly low pay, less than working at a gas station, because I thought it would be fun and low hours. My bad, the owner is so freaking cheap, they make us reuse garbage bags. And I've seen them make decisions that are ethically questionable, and I just can't stand by and let someone get ripped off. It's also important to note that the owner thinks they're the smartest person in the room, so I'm clearly stupid in their estimation. Cue petty revenge. We had a customer come in with their relative's highly expensive couture item. They wanted a price for us to purchase it. Mind you, the item was worth about $25,000, but we were only offering them less than one-tenth of the value. I didn't want to see someone get ripped off, so cue petty revenge for one, being underpaid, and two, being required to reuse garbage bags, and three, having to work more hours than I'd agreed to. Owners offered a horrible deal. Meanwhile, I'm gushing on about how that item must be worth a darn fortune and how it's a branded item, how fortunate she was to own something so exquisite. The owner tries to talk down my exclamations. I, acting like an airhead, blathered on and on about how I think they should get it appraised and how magnificent it is. The owner steps in front of me and takes over. I, standing behind the owner and making eye contact with the customer who has clearly caught on by this point. I'm shaking my head, no, as the owner's trying to make the case that it isn't that valuable. They left with their items, and I got a big old talking to about how I just don't understand how the business works, and was berated for contributing to the loss of a sale. To this day, I do my best to block any low-ball insulting offers. When the owner takes over, I refuse to participate and walk away if someone wants us to buy grandma's really expensive items. Oh, and I've started using extra garbage bags too. I just can't imagine being so cheap that you've got to reuse garbage bags. I'm not gonna lie, I tried doing that one time in my life, and I realized how disgusting that was. They're not that expensive, it's not worth reusing the garbage bags. The dude is saving what, dollars per month? And our final story of the day is from Mike underscore Ox on Fire, hoisted by his own petard. I have a friend called Carrie who just broke a story to me. Not sure if it's petty or pro-revenge or even malicious compliance, but here it is. The cast, names have been changed to protect identities, Carrie, my friend and the heroine of the story, Sharon, the secretary with loose morals, Roger, the IT manager and villain of the story, Ivan, the CEO and company owner, also owner of three or so other small companies, one of which was in the same office block, Olivia, Roger's wife. Kenny works for a small IT company as a programmer and web designer along with about eight others, including her manager and her newest colleague, Sharon the secretary. Roger is a womanizing rogue who makes frequent and moderately offensive comments about women, customers, and staff like he has no brain-to-mouth filter. Sharon is, as Carrie puts it, an upwardly mobile skink who will literally, yes, actually, air the boss if he buys her new shoes, so bone air for a bonus. And she has had a bonus, just not for productivity. The first Carrie knew about Sharon's behavior was late one Saturday afternoon, when everyone had left for the weekend, except Carrie as she had a project. 
She was beavering away at her desk in a nearly silent office when she heard a squeal. She immediately got up to investigate and found her boss's door ajar. She heard another squeal and walked in. Finding Sharon bent over the desk with her skirt hitched up above her hips, her boss trousered around his ankles, Roger's expression indicated fury and embarrassment, and he sounded to be mid-finale. Sharon had an expression like the cat that had the cream with no pun intended. She certainly didn't seem bothered about being caught. Roger recovers his composure, puts his trousers back on, and called Carrie back into the room. She hadn't stopped to watch and threatened to fire her if she let slip what she'd seen. The instruction was, tell nobody, act like it never happened. It's important at this point to mention that this was at the height of COVID, and they were looking at the possibility of reducing staff numbers, something which fortunately never happened, but at the time of this story, nobody was sure. Carrie kept quiet. Ooh, that's nice alliteration. Roger would occasionally remember that she knew what he was up to and would give her dirty looks, but little more was said. Sharon and Roger were still regularly hooking up at work, and Sharon was getting the bonuses that the team should have received. She was also receiving airs, but nobody would have felt jealous had they known. One Saturday, about six months after the initial shock discovery, an opportunity for revenge and technically malicious compliance presented itself. Olivia, Roger's wife, popped in. The staff were still there, and the office was busy and a bit noisy. Roger had excused himself to his office with Sharon early, as he knew his wife would be in later to meet him and wanted to get his end away before she arrived. She was early. Olivia was standing at Sharon's desk. Sharon was the secretary after all, and Carrie saw an opportunity. She offered to help. In the absence of the secretary, and Olivia asked to see Roger. Carrie obliged. The next bit is a little vague as Carrie skips some details, but apparently she knows how to get past the lock on his office door, like the doorframe is a little too big, and that's the vague bit. Carrie was able to open the door as if it wasn't locked, and hold it open for Olivia, who walked in to see her husband screwing the secretary from behind. Olivia's eruption was one of incandescent fury which caused Roger's excuses to melt away. He was trying to explain that it wasn't what it looked like while pulling his trousers up. Sharon, meanwhile, had tried to discreetly leave, but Olivia had turned her full wrath on Sharon's direction. So Sharon excused herself by asking Roger why he never told her he was married. He had actually told her, but the ruse worked. Roger stared daggers at Carrie, but she told him that she'd done as she asked. She had never told anyone and had acted as if it had never happened, just as he demanded. Olivia asked what she meant, and she explained in painful detail what had been going on. With Olivia screaming blue murder at Roger, nobody heard the big boss Ivan arrive. He must have heard the ruckus and came to investigate. At this point, he'd heard enough from outside the office, and Carrie was asked to leave. Roger doesn't work there anymore, and neither does Sharon. Sharon was dismissed for gross misconduct, and Roger's awaiting a court date. Something about fraud or embezzlement or something? Details are sketchy here. No information about his marriage, sorry. Carrie's still at the company, but now works as an assistant manager to a newly appointed female manager. Is this situation one where OP should have still have tried to report it to higher ups? Or is the threat of potentially getting fired over this enough of a risk to just get compliant about it? I'd like to know your guys' thoughts about that. 
But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear another revenge story that was absolutely crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.